Hello and welcome to Africa Tech Summit Connects, sharing insights from across the African tech scene. Delighted today to welcome our panel, uh, Kenzel Alou, managing partner of Outliers Ventures, and Ido Sum, partner of TLCom Capital. Um, anybody in African tech will, will already know these guys. They're, they've been opening checkbooks for, for a while um, and are, are good good commentators on what's going on across the, across the, the continent in, in terms of their own portfolios and, and the ecosystem in general. Uh, if I start with you, Kenza, uh, in, in, in North Africa, what, what, what you, I mean, if we just look at COVID right now, what's the current state of play, lockdowns, et cetera, what are you seeing in, in North Africa? Um, well, well, for North Africa, I can speak about Morocco, where I am based. Um, every, everything is on lockdown. I think it's the same uh, in many of the countries in Europe and, all, all, and, and the US as well. So we've been in, on lockdown for the past three, three weeks now. Um, and uh, of course, schools are closed. Uh, it's mainly work from home. Um, and people are trying to respect as much as possible um, the, the confinement so that we can hopefully reduce the number of cases. And we're very lucky that the government took it seriously early uh, and really did took the right measures very early on. And in terms of, uh, in terms of your portfolio companies, how so far has, has, has the impact been? Well, uh, we are lucky because um, we, our investment thesis from the, the, the start of the fund has been to invest in fundamental problems, in companies that are really solving real problems. Uh, so it only this, what's happening now is always threatening that to show that, you know, basic services would always be needed and much more uh, during those times. So digitalization of the economy, I think it only show, shows that it's, really, it's, much, it's something that we should take uh, very seriously and we, we should double down our investment in that. But of course, not all sectors, not all activities. So for companies that are doing um, uh, food supply deliveries, for example, those who are working on the supply chain of uh, FMCG, grocery food uh, supply to small shops across the, the, the uh, the, the, the countries and the, and, the, and the cities, the rural areas as well, they have been doing great and actually accelerating the growth. Um, they're continuing their work and, uh, and taking other measures to be safe for the employees and for their clients. Uh, and they are very necessary basic needs. So that's, that's, that's great. So actually, uh, in all crises and recessions, there will be goods and bats. So we, of course, we have in our portfolio companies, uh, some that are doing uh, are more affected by the crisis. Uh, but overall, we are lucky that the majority of them uh, actually are doing great and still growing. And Ido, if we come to you and, and your portfolio, I know you've got a lot, a, lot of, a lot of different investments across the continents. If you can speak around the different regions and what you're seeing. Um, so I think, you know, as, as Kenza was saying, we're seeing uh, lots of similarities in terms of the way this is working in different uh, regions right now. As a team, we're uh, weirdly split at this time between Palo Alto, London, Nairobi, and Lagos. So we have very different perspectives, but I think all going through fairly similar experiences, Nairobi probably being the most open uh, to an extent with the night curfew vis-a-vis -vis a full lockdown. Uh, but in practice, most people work from home and it's fairly similar to to other places, Lagos has been in full lockdown now for uh, the second week, London or longer, and California uh, pretty much the same as London. Um, in terms of portfolio, I think it affects differently uh, each of the companies. Uh, we had been making a lot of effort in the past month uh, and a bit to go through company uh, by company with the teams, with the founders, with the CEOs, uh, to look through the implications to their uh, companies and it's not a one-off it's something we do consistently week in week out as, as circumstances and our understanding is changing uh for some i think this as kansas said is 
a clear opportunity, especially for those in logistics. Uh, we have a couple of companies doing that for those in uh, remote education, online education. That's also, we had seen a, a very interesting uptake in uh, downloads and usage uh, of the service. Uh, for others, it's a mixed bag, uh, especially in the software as a service uh, solutions. I think whatever you can serve as solving a problem and reducing cost at this point in time is attractive. Whatever is more about growth uh, and you know more value creation and so on, that's uh, in, in, in lower demand. Um, and I think you know there are lots of things in play from higher expected evaluation to uh, to uh, you know the, trying to understand what will happen to consumer markets locally and globally. So we're assessing every week and trying to uh, think through it together with our companies. Okay, great. I think we'll we, we will come back to some of the opportunities um, later on. But if, if we look right now, um, you know, we've we've got ventures with with no customers. We've got lockdowns. We've got cash crunching going on what are the key, if we look at some of the key strategies right now um i'll start with you kenza in terms of what what kind of strategies are you telling your ventures to implement or would you tell other ventures right now to implement what are the key kind of strategies right now yeah well it's uh, for sure an unprecedented time uh, we need to take it very i mean it's serious it's real everywhere in the world uh, it's in, like no one had really planned for that. So we are navigating through it day, day by day with all portfolio companies. And for sure, there are some um, common sense things to do and some important things to, to take into account right now or as early as possible. So first, what we say to our portfolio uh, companies is to really make sure they have the uh, enough runway to stay as much last as much as possible and to be able to sustain themselves so it's really uh, cost uh, you know uh, 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 cut costs starting by the, the all the things that are not necessary for example digital marketing or anything that they could do without um, so this is the first thing uh, for example, if they really need, they, they can think also of renegotiating their rent and finding the right, you know, just an agreement with their landlord to facilitate that because it's in their interest of the landlord that they can last for the long term. So we're trying to have them think of this kind of strategies or, uh, you know, ideas to find ways to really uh, uh, reduce costs as much as possible and extend their runway. For those that are, that are found, well, we are also lucky because uh, most of our portfolio companies for like a, uh, like a happy, uh, I don't know, reason, they had all, uh, most of them had just closed the round, whether it was the seed round, the series A round, uh, or the bridge, just before, uh, between, between December to March. Um, but of course, we have others that were um, planning to do so. So for those who are planning to fundraise, it's not at all a good time. So the advice that we'll give to, we'll give to any founder is that if you're not in, a, in an industry that is, has been, um, that's accelerated in the positive way by the crisis, don't try to raise now, it's not a good time. Uh, think of postponing that. And if you need to raise because you need to sustain yourself and get more runway, then go first for your existing investors. I think this is the first thing to do. It's not a good idea to try to connect with new investors because even the situation first, everyone uh, is more risk averse, but also if the business um, unit economics doesn't, and, and growth doesn't show that it's, uh, it's a good, I mean, it, there is growth and it's a good time to raise, then it's not gonna be on their favor. And maybe the last thing is to, for those who, are who have been in the process of raising and they have already commitments, maybe think of reviewing the valuation uh, a little bit uh, less so that, uh, that they can close fast. Um, yeah, so that's, that will be our advice. And you know, survival strategies you're, you're implementing and your, your, your venture, ventures are implementing now, what, what kind of are the top kind of strategies you're... you're well, I think, you know, Kenza touched on, on a bunch, but clearly cash is king at such period. Uh, we have two thirds of the portfolio undergoing some form of bridge at this point in time uh, under the assumption that new rounds whatever was planned from, you know, March this year to December this year is probably not happening, especially the bigger rounds and the one dependent on uh, larger 
international investors, which just technically will not be able to travel uh, most probably in 2020, um, potentially longer, but you know, that's our assumption for now. Uh, the other thing for all those that have a, a strong Nigeria presence, uh, looking through the, the devaluation and what does it mean to their cash flow. So analyzing separately the costs and revenues that are in Naira and not in Naira and trying to understand the different implications of different uh, new Naira uh, ratios to, to US dollars. And we are now thinking through any number between five and 650, probably 550 to 600. Uh, so we're talking about a minimum of 50% uh, cut, which implies a lot on the cost side, as well as on valuations, uh, if you, anyone was planning around. So we're trying to avoid price rounds and focus on bridges for the near future uh, to just push that conversation a bit further out when we have more clarity. Now, in more detail, it's going through their customers and assessing uh, the fragility or sustainability of the different customers. And I think we had seen clearly with some companies that a certain sector or type of customers remain strong and interested versus a different type or sector of customers that is right now much more uh, aware of its own cost structure and so on. So really where to focus the little spend on marketing and, and, and sales efforts, uh, more so with the inability to travel again. So where you, do you really spend your time chasing people? So I think doing this very, very detailed pipeline analysis is, is key. Make sure that you speak to all your existing customers and understand not just the, you know, that they're still happy with the service, but also the payment terms and how are they going to pay if they're going to pay again, an implication on cash flow in the short term. So all of these things alongside making sure that you can really work from home. I mean, it sounds easy, but uh, not all companies can work from home. And yes, each of us can maybe open his own laptop at home, but if you're connected to customer service systems or more so if you work at a warehouse and need to sort vegetables or uh, you're a truck driver and needs to drive from one point to another, that's a bit tougher. Uh, so really, what does it mean uh, what what do these lockdowns mean to companies who em employ hundreds of people in different locations, in different time zones, and so on and so forth? And Ken's, I know when we spoke um, earlier this week. You mentioned some innovative ways in terms of um, reducing the payroll and things that have been done in Morocco around staffing. Yeah, well, um, it's it's hard. I mean, first, as we mentioned, I think Ido and I, it's first co uh, cutting costs that can that not that are not necessary. Anything that you can do that is not harming someone. But of course, once you get through all the non necessary things, uh, you know, from the most like the easiest to like the hardest things, when you can and you get your salaries, then it's a tougher conversation. And and there are, as we spoke about some innovative way to do it without having avoiding to lay off people but first of course if you work with contractors that you don't really need at this time maybe it's not the right time to reconduct the contract and maybe to like pause it for now and then something else that we touched on that is very interesting in Morocco but I'm not sure about what's the possibilities in other uh, countries is that we have a specific um, legal status for people to work uh, as contractors, it's called safe entrepreneurs, uh, that is taxed at 1% instead of 45% with all the social security taxes and everything. So it's a really interesting uh, status to be on, even for your internal team. So we push our companies to try to move some of their staff from full-time employees on their payroll to this kind of contract just for this period so that they can still pay them the salary uh, the same but uh, be less uh, taxed so it, it really uh, lightens their, their payroll but of course it's capped it's not you cannot do it for anyone with any, any level of salary it's capped to a, a level of salary so it's for more for junior people so this yeah. has been a good, a good solution so far and in terms of equity, is equity being used more now by, by ventures in, in lieu of in lieu of cash? Is that is that a valuable strategy right now? Yeah, I think that one of the things you know, and especially when you cut costs, it's always uh, easier to cut at the lower the you know the, the lower part of the pyramid. Uh, in such times, with actually the ones who are least immune to being let go at a period like that, or, or the people who are typically making the, the least. So we are trying to start from top managements 
actually it came from management. So most top managers were willing to propose uh, as a first step, a cut, you know, a cut uh, on their behalf. And at times we're incentivizing this with, you know, saying that whatever we save on that for a period of time can potentially be acknowledged as an equity contribution. There are various ways and mechanics to do it. And I think this is becoming a little bit too specific, but as an idea, this is another way to find, uh, you know, to, to keep people motivated uh, while you clearly are taking away some of their uh, income for, for not just a week or two. I mean, this is probably going to go a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, the, the book Lean Startup was written about keeping startups lean. I think now is, is, he must be uh, selling a lot of copies in terms of multiplying, you know, how you can make this, these dollars count. Um, I also heard an interesting stat last week, which was, you know, every dollar you spend is, is, an, is a uh, test, you know, and if that dollar is not returning anything on that dollar, you need to, you need to put that call. I, I just want to make, you know, a point here that is sometimes a little bit forgotten and all these very clear conversations about cost cutting and, and letting go of people and so on and so forth. I think this is the flip side of that is this is a period of time that the people that will stick around will most probably stick around for very, very long. So if you can build trust in such a time with your team and make them feel that you are there for them when they need you the most, because for most people now, you know, there were two people working in the house or maybe just one is still being paid. There is a lot of clarity about many things. So losing your job at this point is not such, such a great uh, outcome and your ability to find a new one might be very different from what it was three months ago. So I think that before we jump into letting people go there, you know, between your zero and your full, full salary, there are lots of numbers typically. And I think that by very open conversations about joint commitment vis-a-vis -vis, I need to cut and you need to go, uh, there, there are many midways and paths there that can pay a lot of benefits later, especially around the people who, for whom you care more. Uh, and for teams at large, I think team spirit is going to count a lot in a time like that. So my, my only advice would be, yes, we are preaching to uh, cut costs and, and you know, survive for longer, but let's, let's not forget that these are people and the, uh, the culture you build in a time like that will reflect for way, way longer than you might think so uh, think very thoroughly through what are you projecting to to your employees and, and teammates yeah and i suppose we're speaking more in the business side here but if we if we kind of hone into the the founder and the guy who right now is left holding or, or co-founders who are holding the baby what kind of advice do you have for people listening today who are really really struggling in terms of um you know, their business, their finance. I mean, what, what, what kind of advice do you have to those? And sorry, to those who are listening uh, today, we have, we'll have questions uh, and answers. Uh, there's a Q&A tab at the bottom of the screen, so please keep your questions coming. We'll get to them later on. But uh, if, if, we, if we go back to that, you know, the founder, what, what's the advice to the founder today in terms of coping? Maybe I just want before answering that, and it's in the same line. I just want to double down on what just Ido said because it's very important. Um, I think it's it's a time when you can see how resilient is your team and how committed they are. Uh, so it's a great stress test, but also it's a time that you have to step in and then make sure that you show that you are making the best you can to keep everyone safe. So, uh, and it's also like uh, taking decisions for the community. So instead of saying, okay, I'm gonna lay off two people and then keep the others. Maybe think of, I've seen companies doing something interesting and they, they reduce uh, the, um, the salary, I would say for uh, of like a little, but they give them, it's like they work uh, three days uh, a week or four days a week and they're not, they're not getting paid on their uh, free day and they can use it as they want. Well, it's not ideal, but at least everyone is in the same, um, yeah. you know, have the same strategy and they share that instead of having to let go people. So I think it's, it's a great sense of community. Um, as for the advice, maybe um, this is a time where you have to be psychologically strong. And you are, the, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, you need to show the example to your team and keep this community, this, this feeling going. It's hard, it's not easy because the time is very, it's a lot of stress, especially for the founder. Uh, but I think first taking care of yourself as a, as a person and being healthy 
uh, eating well, sleeping well, doing exercise at home, I think is very important. You can do yoga, you can do meditation, you can do exercise. This helps think, you know, just like have the, your mind free a little bit and, and, and be more uh, available to think through this, through this situation. And also maybe um, do team meetings, uh, virtual team meetings, so that you can set objectives. You can talk with your team first and really share and also set some objectives and make sure that things are kept going and then think together i think it's it's a great time to be able to rethink the strategy and the vision even with very less uh, with very uh, less i mean few a lot of uncertainty uh, and less visibility uh, and also it's a great time to do something to to explore new opportunities so it's a great time to talk to your customers because maybe you know on the day-to-day uh, people are, i mean on the business day-to-day where entrepreneurs are very busy they don't have time to do that so maybe it's it's an opportunity to go and talk to more customers and understand how that you can help them and build this link, and also maybe do some training for your team, uh, give them you know the ability to grow, uh, to keep growing in the company even if the business is slowing down. Um, so those will be some advices, and then of course on the business planning, this is something else. But I will let Ido share more thoughts. Um, yeah, I think really a, a couple of things. First, it's it's tough and I'm, I'm not jealous at any uh, founder or entrepreneur in a time like this, but uh, this is, this is where it counts. And first I, you know, if a company does not survive that for a long list of, of very um, good reasons, it doesn't make the, the person lesser of a person. So it is a very unique time. And I, I, I think that uh, there are companies who won't make it through and that's okay. It doesn't make their, their founders less worthy. Um, but I, I do think it is a time to do a couple of things. First, prioritize, prioritize, prioritize. I mean, I cannot highlight enough, but yes, we are at home 24 seven. So supposedly days are, are, are longer, but we are there with our, uh, with our kids, with our partners, with our parents, with other people we need to take care of. You know, I'm sure that many people have discovered that they have many more commitments in their usual day-to-day they don't need to take care of and now they do again in relation to family can, I, I can tell you that here in london just doing groceries is about a two and a half hour uh, adventure every time with the masks and gloves and whatever so um you don't have more time you actually have less time and you're also not a hundred percent centered on the business 24 7 you, you need to take care of many other things so make sure that in the time you are working, you're focusing on very few things and the ones that matter. So we've touched before on what they are and they could be, of course, adjusted for every specific business, but don't, don't keep working with endless to-do lists and, you know, and be frustrated that you're not getting there. Make sure that they're short, that you have three or five or 10 things to do a day and that you do them and you don't do more than that. If, you, if you're done, Go do something else because you have many other things that are unrelated to your business. So that would be the first. The second is really your, the rest of your people are in, in the same boat. So pressing them to, to death will not necessarily help. Yes, of course, you need to, to stress and to, to push at times and, and, you know, working under deadlines and, and cash constraints and so on. But do remember that all of them are going through pretty much what you're going with at times, even less certainty. So just be very open and very honest two-way you know, about yourself and, and listening to their challenges. Um, I know this sounds a little bit like a coaching session vis-a-vis a VC uh, investment session, but, uh, but I do think that in times like this, that, that would count more than a specific Excel row uh, that you might add, you know, that would do magic or, or something different. That was really good. Um... And if you get now to, you know, get back to the fundraising side and cash, you know, cash is king right now. Everybody's looking to, as Kenza said, sub your portfolio are very, very lucky to have closed rounds. So that those guys are quite happy. But um, it's the big, it's the big area. Everyone is trying to get hold of cash and raise cash. And uh, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, cover some some of our own questions. But I'm also gonna open it up. I just see a question coming in there from Rob Whittigen from uh, Soco. Hi to Rob. Uh, curious to hear your thoughts on Corona impact and LP funding appetite for Africa VC. If adverse, what sources of capital would you recommend startups to pursue? Who wants to take? So uh, I'm also first. curious, but 
Um, no, I think you thoughts here. I think there are two layers here, right? There's the GP layer and then there is the, the LP layer, GP or funds like ourselves and their ability to invest in startups, which I assume is, is most people listening in. And then is the ability of people like ourselves to keep on fundraising uh, for new funds. I think, you know, there are lots of similarities, but they're not exactly the same. So just going quickly one by one, the LP's appetite from the little I know exists, but things are on hold. So if I have to guess, we will not see lots of fund closed uh, in the next couple of months. You might see announcements of funds that had closed and the commitments were made. You know, these are typically processes of a few years. So, you know, announcements coming out in the next week are probably of things that have closed three to six months ago. Uh, and I think these will remain and whoever has a fund in place, I don't see the LPs shying away more so the VFIs are fully committed uh, to this situation. Uh, but I do think there will be a slowdown because there's less free money in the market. Uh, DFIs are still figuring out what's going on uh, and are, you know, taking their time a little bit with new funds. I'm more convinced that uh, private money and commercial money is non-DFLO and that's uh, you know, not too clear at this point for many family offices and pension funds and so on who took major hits from public markets and on other investments. So my personal guess is that a lot of the funds that were in pipeline will be delayed. We will see less closings in 2020 than we saw before. And probably some of, some of these won't make it and some of these will be pushed uh, at least a year out. I know of at least one fund that decided to pull off their fundraising last week uh, with or without connection to this. And they've been around for a very long time, a very strong team. And I'm sure that there are more of that. As for GPs, I think those that have money will keep investing. Again, I, I think that luckily for the both of us, we have funds that are alive. There are quite a few other funds that are alive, Partech, Flourish, Corner, uh, and so on and so forth. People that have the money will keep investing it. It might be slightly slower. I think we're all adjusting. We now at the end of the year, we pretty much meet our investments target for the year, even if there will be a few weeks uh, of a slowdown uh, in which we are right now, you know, even just trying to understand how we do due diligence without meeting physically the teams, uh, which wasn't the case until a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I would then make sure that when you're talking to people, you're talking to people who do have the money now and are not waiting for new money to be closed because these might be very lengthy conversations. Just coming back to that point, I mean, <clears throat> on the due diligence and actually, you know, meeting investors on the ground, I mean, how hard is it going to be for ventures to raise money? Uh, you know, as Kenza touched on earlier, reach out to people who you're already connected with or warm with because, you know, reaching out fresh now, is it impossible to, to, to close deals with people who you haven't met for you as, a, as an investor? You do this just for you. For me, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's impossible, and um, I think it's going to be harder. I, you know, we 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 still get the same inbound uh, as before. I think that it's it's uh, has little to do with Corona. There is always a preference to sort of warm introdu introductions over completely cold calls. Not that it's not a decision, but it's a, just a mental. I think. Uh, you know, bend of, of most investors to uh, look first at things that came to people they trust. So if you, if you have a possibility to reach out to one of our founders or co-investors or people that we know, it's always slightly better, more so at a time like this. Uh, but we're still looking at our inboxes. And I think that if interesting things will come, uh, we're, we're looking at it. I, I do expect most people in their pitches, you know, could be in their email and their deck and for sure when we speak to have thought through about the implication of that to their business, to their business plan. I don't want to see business plans for three months ago. I don't want to hear, you know, valuation expectations of three months ago. Sorry, that's, we're in a new era, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, you know, for, for the rest of this year. So things are different. And if you did not bother to think through the adjustments of your 
business and business plan to this reality. I'm not going to spend my time uh, trying to help you out think through that. Yeah, so maybe on that. And then you going to add there? Yes. So can you hear me? Okay. So, um, yeah. So the idea here is, I think my yeah. advice was first to get to uh, your, for, for those who are not, so there are two cases. Okay, let's start it back. Two cases. Companies that are able to maintain their activity or, or even to grow during the crisis, this is a great time for them to fundraise because there are very few and, and investors are looking for great opportunities. We are actively looking and actively investing actually and we are seeing new opportunities that maybe we have had seen before but now makes even more sense. Um, so this is one. And secondly, for those who, who has, uh, like are very impacted by the crisis and their activity has slowed down or even like uh, shut down, I don't think it's the right time for them to, to, to fundraise at all. So the only way they have, if they need to get outside capital, would be to reach to their existing, to the existing investors. And this is where I, I was saying, it's not the right time to reach out to new investors that you want to show how great you are doing because if your activity is like completely locked up, like shut down and you don't have visibility on when it's going to be back again, uh, that's not going to pay on your favor for sure. So we have been actively um, investing and we see great opportunities, for example, in health tech. It's a great time to invest in this kind of companies that are solving those real problems. And we see much more than ever than that things like telemedicine or increasing public, capital, uh, public hospitals capacity is, is key and is actually uh, 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 growing very fast in these times. So, uh, so we have been, uh, we are still investing, but maybe we take, we are, we will, we'll we'll take a more calculated risk as usual, but considering the situation, uh, and maybe sometimes we'll, uh, uh, we, of course, we'll do only safe and bridges with with the caps, uh, and we would maybe sometimes lower our tickets. So it depends. This is really case by case, and it's, uh, but I think it's. Uh, I don't think VC should stop investing or startup entrepreneurs should think it's not, it's not the, wrong, the right time to, to fundraise. If their activity is doing well, this is actually a unique opportunity. Okay. Uh, I just see a question there from Lawrence who said, for startups in telemedicine and online medical, how do you think, how do you think this startup would fundraise for capital for growth? I think you've just answered that question that, you know, you're, you're, you guys are still open and looking for opportunity in, in those. One other question that's come in. Um, what do you think is the minimum runway needed to pass this crisis? I mean, nobody's got a, a crystal ball right now. Nobody knows how long this crisis is going to last. In terms of your own uh, ventures, what, what are you advising them in terms of a runway that, I, I, you know, no two companies are the same, but for, for Alberto Anton, who's asked this question, uh, what do you think is the minimum runway? I think that at this point, look, there, there are many versions to it, and I, I'm the last one to uh, form an, an, an opinion as a, I'm not an epidemiologist or, or anything of that sort. But I think there is a realization now that we're looking at a couple of months of this sort of full lockdown out of which we'll start getting out in, in a sequence, you know, at some point between May and June, depends where, and then probably moving into some form of a dance era in which we will try and hit the right uh, outbreaks again, you know, and go more restrained and more open for a period with that, you know, for a year to 18 months until there is some form of solution uh, of a wider solution. With that in mind, I would think that, you know, the first milestone to have in mind is the end of this year. So if we're now in the, the first week of April or second week of April, uh, you know, try and plan how you first get as a minimum to the end of 2020. Uh, I don't see lots of travel happening before. I don't see lots of new money coming into the system before. So I would think that this is uh, where you should be looking at. Uh, if you are in a luckier position, think again, as usual, a minimum of 12 to 18 months ahead, but bridges tend to be for, for less than that. So probably nine to 12 months, uh, if you're looking for a bridge is, is sort of the right framework under the assumption that it will take you, you know, three, four months to raise the actual next round and it will start towards the end of this year uh, to close in December, January, February. Kenza, do you have anything you want to add to that? Or? 
No, I think it all answered the question. I had the same numbers in mind, nine to 12, but it's, all, it's really case by case. Yeah, moving on to, to valuations. Um, I know we touched on it briefly earlier, but uh, and a question as well come in, which I'll get to in a second. But um, you know where you know where are valuations now um, versus four weeks ago for for you as investors, and also in terms of you know Ido mentioned the fifty percent depreciation in the Naira, which straight away has a, has a huge implication. But what's your advice for founders now in terms of valuations? Be reasonable. I mean, I think that, uh, look, the way we value is a little bit different from some other investors or, or so I, I had found that I didn't think so, but we value typically by taking your business plan five years out, looking at public multiples and what private uh, deals are, are made for, you know, getting some multiple sense and time that your EBITDA or revenues or, or combination of the two five years from today, then divided by whatever we would like to have as a return. And that's a value now. The things that have changed in that is that we're seeing public uh, multiples, uh, publicly traded companies multiples going fairly sharply down. And I think we're still very far from the bottom of that. Yes, it will fix itself over a period of time, but many people that I speak to in public markets assume that this is not a very, you know, this is not a V-shaped Thing. There's going to be a U or a W, but it's going to be long and potentially a little bit painful. Uh, so that means that these companies will have less cash to buy things and, uh, you know, less cash for M&As, less cash for uh, more sorts of acquisitions and less cash for expansion into new markets, which Africa is supposedly uh, a new market for many of them. Uh, that could also be the case for less new private equity funds that are potential financial buyers in a couple of years from now. So I think we need to be realistic. And also if we're in, unfortunately, Nigeria, multiplying an IRA number uh, by whatever multiple that was, as you were mentioning, this will be a, a smaller number uh, potentially in a couple of months. We're still trying to make sense of all of that. And this is why we're trying to use short term, if we can, uh, sort of less priced mechanisms uh, or in other words, convertible uh, loans, saves, and so forth. Uh, I do think that it's very different sector from sector because the dynamics of every sector are very different, but people should expect that these two things, the, the uh, currency devaluation plus the, uh, the, the our thought that less money will be spent on acquisitions over the next couple of years is two things that play together what does it mean for valuation? That it's probably a little bit lower than what you were hoping for three months ago. I don't think, you know, it's, it's not zero. I don't think, you know, we have an intent now to own 99.5% of our uh, potential invest, investee company. We're still minority. We still want very incentivized founders. But these things, when you think through your own company valuation, these are the things to, uh, to think through. Is, on that point, I mean, is there a danger that founders now take the wrong deal? I mean, chasing to, for survival, they take, and, and I mean, you know, they, they give away too much equity or give away to investors who are really trying to take a lion's share right now because of the opportunity. I, I think that, look, at the end of the day, investors are you know, clearly not the smartest uh, uh, human uh, <laughs> humans, but are, are also not the dumbest, I would like to believe, and hence, I think that as a community, and we're speaking to a lot of the other funds uh, on a very tighter basis than before, there is no intent to really take advantage. I mean, yes, we need to make money and we would like to make money. And if you can get a more reasonable valuation now, that's good. But the driver will be not to squeeze the founder. The driver will be, A, make sure that the next round, if we're doing a bridge or if we're doing a smaller round, that the next round that is not in five years, that's probably in 18 months, okay, when, there, when you will still see lower multiples and you will still see less money in the market, okay, and you will need to get more money in, will be some sort of, a, of an up round vis-a-vis -a, -vis a down or a flat round. So you still leave some room for that under the assumptions that revenues will grow differently, potentially a little bit slower, depending, some companies may be faster than you know, what you thought before. So you need to assess the implication of COVID on your revenues in the next 18 months what does this mean for your next round? And then, you know, leave some room for uh, maneuvering there. I don't, I, I've not seen yet many of, of the people I work with and speak to trying to take it, 
really take advantage. Uh, it is just trying to be reasonable. And these are very open conversations with the, with the founders. Is there a risk of taking the wrong deal? Yes. And if the choice is no money or no, you know, I mean, a deal or no company, uh, I assume that most founders will go for, for the bad deal. But uh, it is what it is right now. Yeah, Ken, uh, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, well, I think um, Ido summed it well. Uh, I think for sure valuation would have to be more reasonable. And I think that before they were kind of a hype. So it's, it's, it's also correcting a little bit the market. Um, but it's now it's like, uh, I think founders have to be more realistic. And even for those who are trying to raise still at high valuation, we'll see on the market how the market responds and how investors are considering that and we'll readjust accordingly. Uh, but maybe one way to do it is to try to raise, um, to, be, to avoid being too diluted, is to maybe raise a little bit less at a, as a lower valuation so that the next round you can still raise at a higher valuation and uh, get, to get what you, where, where you want it. So yeah. This is like uh, some kind of threshold, uh, some kind of uh, uh, choices that you need to do. Uh, and it has to be realistic and uh, still open conversation with investors that are not here to take advantage, but really to, uh, to find a fair deal. I think this is what we all want. Okay. There, there um, are questions there, Andrew. Do, you, do we want to try and go through? A yeah, yeah, we got a lot of questions. So, uh, crisis equals opportunity from Getz and Philbert. Uh, any guidance on how to leverage those? So, yeah, I mean, opportunity. We're talking about a lot about, you know, saving businesses, but there is a lot of opportunity. Ken's mentioned telemedicine and, and, and medtech. If you guys want to cover, what are the other opportunities you're seeing in the crisis? So I think there are opportunities in, in it really in a sector level. So clearly some sectors are a bit more fundamental, quote, unquote, in the short term. Uh, clearly logistics, med you know, anything around medical services, medical insurance, I think we, we might see an interesting uh, pickup just because people are trying, starting to, to understand the meaning of not having one um, in countries that have uh, weaker public uh, health systems. But I, I, I do think that, you know, everything that digitizes and we, we might see an uptick in, in, in digital banking or in, in mobile banking and payments in markets that were less exposed to that and more cash driven because now things need to be more remote and people uh, are spending less time outside looking for more things online. So I think there are many sectors and I don't think we can touch on all of them. I think there is an opportunity pretty much. We went through with each of our portfolio companies to potential opportunities and I, there, there, there is an opportunity for each of them and it just looks different. So for, them it's, for some, it's because of the sector. For some, it's because there's a lot of talent out there right now that is cheaper than what is and more accessible than what was before. Uh, for some, it's because that they can potentially collaborate with corporates or government on some initiatives and position themselves as the market thought leaders or at least part of the thought leadership in, the, in their sector and make sure that they're benefiting from whatever that is, you know, not in a bad way, in a very good way by contributing more to uh, shaping solutions that are required at this point. Uh, we have some of our portfolio companies uh, leading such initiatives in their respective markets. So I think the, 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 the short answer is there is a lot of opportunity. The real answer is it's very different for each company. So I, it's, it's a little bit hard to give a very generic answer here. Kenza, any, any other opportunities you see? Even for companies who are pivoting, I suppose as well with Yeah, well, it's it's harder for the the pivot. It will really depend on a case by case on the company sector and activities. So, but of course, uh, we have some company doing logistics uh, that uh, you know some part of their some of their clients because it's B two B logistics, B two B two C. Some part of the 
of the clients are not uh, are slowing down their activities, but others are higher are, are like increasing, and they, it's time for them to find those types of clients that are need that need logistics and delivery at this time. So in this case, where well, there is a way to find out growth opportunities, it's still hard. Uh, but for founders that are starting the company or are thinking of uh, of what real problems there is to solve, uh, in the past few weeks, what we've seen is we've seen companies thriving in uh, uh, in e-education, in ed tech for sure. Ed tech has been big, uh, it's like bigger than before, especially in Africa, where it was not something, the behaviors were not already there maybe, and now it's just more obvious. Um, uh, health, of course, health tech, um, uh, fintech as well, in terms of uh, digital payments so that people avoid touching cash, and also cross-border payments. We've seen companies doing really well in this because it's it's really like a, a way for for families to send money back home. Um, so there are a couple of uh, logistics, food. Of course, food is big, and you know, surprisingly, in Morocco, for example, e-commerce was not really working because e-commerce in Africa, but you see, it's still hard. Uh, the the market, uh, you know, behaviors are not there yet. But now with what's happening, e-commerce has been booming. Uh, Jumia is over. <laughs> Well, then Glovo and all those kind of food deliveries. It's not, I'm not sure long term it's gonna make sense. I don't know how it's gonna change the behavior of people, but I'm sure it's gonna educate a bit more the market. So th those are those kind of, kind of opportunities that entrepreneurs can explore. I think just a quick comment here. I think the interesting thing that is happening is this is really distilling sort of the actual real needs from the things we think we need. Uh, you know, at large, of course, some people still consume everything they consumed before, just a little bit differently. But for the very large majority of people, and more and more so for businesses in such a time, you really focus on the stuff you need, and that means for entrepreneurs and founders, there's a really great time to understand who are you really serving and what are you really solving. It might be very different than what you thought before, and the value proposition is really crystallized in, in, in such a time. And I think it is a time for, especially for those in earlier stages, to think who are they really solving something very material for, uh, you know, and we always go back to the basics of either higher value or lower cost. It's probably the time of lower cost uh, versus higher value, but really who can you solve a, a true problem for at a lower cost than any other existing solution and hound down on, on, on that. Okay. Um, one question. I'm not sure either of you are, are involved in this sector, and it's probably one of the hardest hit sectors, but um, there's a question which is, can you give any big advice to entrepreneurs in the travel or tourism and the accommodation industry? I mean, probably the hardest hit sector. I think to, to, to the last point made, this is a, people will not travel for a while, and what is a while I know is good. <laughs> Just like anyone else, I, I have no clue. But are there other services that you can provide at such a time that are around, I don't know, education, you know, education activities for people who are lonely at home, whether elderly or, or younger, you know, things that you can do that are around because travel. Yes, there's a, the travel part of travel, the actual physical piece of moving from one place to another, but then there's the, the leisure and, experience part of it so can you do anything around that part in a different way in a value proposition on which people will be willing to spend time and money hopefully as well uh, in such a time it's, it's a not a great advice but this is what i can do uh, yeah i think people are dreaming to travel right now so it's a good time to make them explore uh, new destinations and maybe make them really, really want to do it so that once they can, they will go to, to your, on your website to do that. So it's building those relationships, it's nurturing people, giving them things that they can, that can you know, like add some value at this point. Not as, of course, not, uh, you cannot help them travel, but at least mentally. Um, and yes, I think, you know, I, I agree with, the, with that. I think what I've seen the restaurant space as well as some restaurants offering, you know, future discounts. So you buy a bond, which, 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 you know, gives you 30% off in future and future selling, future selling demand in some way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really tough, tough uh, sector. Uh, David Ross, who 
I'm assuming is in Kigali. Uh, he's from Carnegie Mellon. The great financial crisis of 28 seems to have reached the bottom when Berkshire Hathaway invested in Goldman Sachs. What are your indicators you're seeing, economically or otherwise, which will tell us the bottom of the crisis? That's a that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, well, I wish I knew, but uh, I think that's very high level. The way to think about it is what we saw is probably the the highest the, the, the hysteria from COVID, from you know not dying, and that was the 30 40 percent drop in markets, which now corrected roughly half of that back up. So markets are now about 20% down from what they were in the, their peak in January. Um, I think what we have not seen yet is the actual implication of the, the outcome of COVID. So not just people die, getting sick, dying or recovering, but what does, what does it mean for the economy? And I think once we will go back to a little bit more normal life and we will start understanding which businesses made it and which businesses didn't, and there will be quite a few who might collapse, you know, from the very obvious uh, large uh, um, airway, uh, air, you know, companies uh, to some of the travel, the, some other industries. We might see some big collapses, and I think that will drive a second wave of realization of what was lost. I mean, right now we're saying the cost of the world stopping for three months plus was losing only 20%. It doesn't sound very sensible. Uh, it should be a little bit more than that. Uh, and hence my guess, and this is truly a guess, is there might be a second wave coming actually after we see some loosen up and going back to a little bit of normality and some businesses then collapsing and realizing what that means to economy or you know even countries uh, having a very hard time like Spain and Italy, who didn't start this period uh, too well, you know, how does their economies act and bonds and so on and so forth. Coming back to, uh, I know, Kenza, early on we spoke around, you know, cutting costs. And you mentioned one of the costs was cutting, you know, digital marketing, cutting back and spend. And, and then we hear other people saying, how do we sell? And, you know, so there's the, a double-edged sword of cutting back. But one question that's come through is, what smart marketing strategies have you seen in the market? I mean, are any of your portfolio doing anything that's of interest that other companies could learn from? Well, yes. Um, I think... is how companies serving the customers in terms in times of crisis how are they helping them how are they providing value to them in, in, in times of crisis so it depends on the activity and again for those who are lucky enough to be in a in a sector that is actually still needed um, so for example for cash transfers saying you can still send money to your family during crisis without having to go out of of, uh, of, of your house so those kind of communications when there is real interest and you know that it's uh, the value that you're providing is needed in this time and you can make uh, like make a sell out of it then yes it's uh, it's worth it and it has to be directed to that um, otherwise it's content marketing so more content to educate the the customers what I have seen so far that also is interesting um, yeah, so th those are the two ideas that I've uh, th I thought was inter more interesting. Okay, another quick question. If companies wish to support businesses through the crisis by providing products or platforms for free, uh, would this be looked unfavorably by investors due to lack of proof of business model, lack of revenue despite years of traction? So giving stuff away for free, um, does that prove a business case? I don't think there is a, you know, a generic uh, no in here. So I think that as long as it's, first, it's a good time to contribute to, uh, to, to the wider population, you know, at any capacity, either volunteering, uh, you know, helping those in, in, in actual need, either by donating money, either by whatever he chooses. Now, as a company, you do have some responsibilities towards your shareholders, unfortunately, so you are not completely unconstrained in that regard. But I think, you know, most folks are fairly reasonable. So as long as it makes, if you say, well, look, you know, I'm, I'm letting go and for the next uh, six months, I'll spend all the cash I have left on, uh, you know, on helping the world. 
that's great. But, you know, if I want to donate, I'll do it directly, not via company and the fund. Uh, but on the spectrum of helping, I think that we're all, we would encourage companies to find a way to get engaged with community. There are also ways to do it, you know, in a way that might not necessarily benefit you economically tomorrow, but will benefit your brand, will benefit your ethos with your employees, will do other things. So generally speaking, there are lots of smart ways to do it. I'm not opposing as long as it doesn't go too uh, crazy or wild or becomes the only thing the company does. Yeah, just on this, um, I've seen companies offering free premium to all their previous users, for example. So it's a great way to build this link and to re, uh, you know, re make people get used and like your content so that they can subscribe next. So it's a great way to build fidelity. But as long as it doesn't okay. cost you too much. <laughs> for sure. We're getting, we're, getting, we're getting close to the end now. So I suppose, in, I mean, we've, we've covered a huge amount, but what are your key takeaways now and key pieces of advice for, for founders and, and, and ventures who are here today on survival? And sorry, one, one other part of that question, which I forgot to ask earlier was, you know, at what point as a venture do you say, we need to, we need to, we need to call it a day? You know, there's a lot of companies trying to kind of fight their way through this crisis who maybe might not make it, you know, at what point do you say this business isn't going to work and will this crisis just find businesses that weren't meant to be or, or is it just a really bad, bad time? Who wants to take that? There was a couple of questions in there. Yeah, I think, well, first, you know, the, 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 the hard truth is that, is that not all companies were meant to be, uh, not all ventures were meant to be and not all ventures were meant to raise money. Uh, and that again, they can be great ventures without raising any money from anyone. I, I think there is never such a time that, you know, there is, there is never lots of clarity around that point in time. And uh, having been there as a, as a founder before and also while fundraising this fund uh, at, at a couple of points, it's, it's always a very tough judgment call to make. Um, but I think, you know, if, if you wake up in the morning and you're still 100% convinced that whatever it is you're doing needs to be happening and you're the person to be doing it, that's great. And, uh, and you should keep on pursuing. And the day that you wake up and the feeling is that either you're not the person to be leading it or the world is not interested. And once this hesitation comes to play, that's a very, very good, I think it's very hard to go back from that point. Uh, which is a little bit like um, in relationships or many other things. Uh, but I don't think there is a really good advice on when that day is or what are the indicators. I don't think, think they're true indicators. If you're still willing to quote, quote, commit suicide on accomplishing whatever it is that you, uh, you set yourself up for, you, know, you should go for it. That's fine. Kenza? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question and it's a tough time actually, um, but it's, uh, it's real. So. I see it, you know, I think it's a, it's a life experience. We go through challenges all the time in our personal life, in our professional life. And I think this is one of them, uh, both personal and professional. So I think, it's, uh, I think it's good to take some distance sometime and also look at, the, at it in a more philosophical way to say, well, this is happening, it's, it's here. Mm -hmm. So, and the good news is that you're not the only one. Everyone is gonna go through this. So uh, do whatever you can and try to always, you know, think of your, your mountain health and try to, to keep, I mean, to stay as much as possible because it's a marathon. It's not a, you don't have to speed to get there. It's really, you have to stay there for the long time. And uh, touching on what Ido said, I think uh, it's also a great time to ask yourself the, the tough questions and to see if, uh, you know, it's, it's a time to be very resilient and to know if this is really what you really want to do and if it, does, it makes sense to you and, and bringing some value to the world. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, those times are good to challenge yourself and to see it's, it's, you're testing yourself. And, uh, yeah. Just to paint it, I mean, my first company in Africa was actually did not survive the 08 crisis. Uh, and I think that the point in time we realized it is that we were so deep in legal defense vis-a-vis -vis building at some point. I mean, we 
it's a very long story and uh, it's not that interesting to uh, to most people I, I would assume but at some point we were so deep fighting our so-called you know partners to, to a certain point in time and later less partners uh, versus building something of value to anyone that you know there was this point in time where we said you know what that that is not fun anymore I mean I know that entrepreneurship is not fun half the time at least but that was really fundamentally not fun. I mean, even when you took a step a step back, it wasn't fun because we weren't building anything uh, anymore. And it, it still took us probably four months from that point to uh, to shut down. Um, and also, good things came out of, of shutting it down. But I, I think that you know when you stop creating any form of value to anyone, that's probably a good a good time to start thinking about uh, other alternatives. Okay, well, I'm sorry, there's lots of other questions which we haven't had time to get to, but what I would say for anyone else uh, listening or watching is you can connect with us on hashtag ATS Connects on Twitter or tag us on Africa Tech Summit on Twitter. We'll try and continue um, to connect you with, with people. Um, if you've got a specific ask, please reach out. Um, you've got our details there on email or use the, use the hashtags. We'll try and share whatever we can. I think as Ido and Kenza have, have, have shown really, this is the time when investors, tech community, I've seen great initiatives from Kenya, Nigeria, of, of everyone coming together. And I think for us as Africa Tech Summit, this is an opportunity for us to try and connect you with people if we can, we can promise. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd like to really thank Ido and Kenza for their time today. And uh, I wish you well. And thanks, guys, for, for, Thank for you. making Thank time. Thank you for Thank putting you so much. Time.